the anointing and felt God. And, but God's more than goosebumps, isn't he? I mean, just when you go to church and feel that. But I, I needed to figure out how to take whatever was going on and how to make my Monday change from what my Sunday was. My Sunday was usually pretty good, but my Monday really didn't turn out as well. And so I wanted to apply that. So part of the mandate that he has given me, that's why we have to live life on purpose. That's why you'll, you'll hear me say things, these four things, or here's three things you can do, or here's this. It's, it's just to try to make things simple so that you can go, you know what, I can do that. And I can apply that to my life, and you can see changes. And we're getting reports in that are people like, this has been amazing. We took what you said, and, and obviously, I'm giving God the credit for this because I got it from the book. And so, uh, and, you know, but they're saying it works, and of course it does. God, God always, always wins, and God always works. I want to talk to us this morning about being bold. Being bold. And, and in a society where it seems like we have to tolerate everything, we kind of get lost in how do we be bold? Sometimes we're bold without saying words, aren't we? When we make a stand and we just do our actions, if somebody ever, if you, you, know, you said something and they didn't like it, their reaction to what your action was is kind of, hmm, I can understand they did not like my remark, or vice versa. And so I get it, but how in, in our lives as we walk, in the spirit as well as how we live, how do we be bold? What are some ways that we can seek results from being God's bold. So that's what we're going to talk about. Do we, have, do we go after life with boldness or do we go after life not at all and we just kind of react instead of be proactive? Do we kind of just react to what the enemy does and we walk in fear? And we don't want that. God doesn't want that for you. So that is why we're talking about bold. I want to let you know that you are all equipped. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he has equipped you. Somebody say amen to that. You're equipped to be bold. You're equipped to be able to walk in the kingdom of God. And everything that you need, God has supplied to operate in that spiritual boldness. Now, when I think about bold, we have to think about a lion. At least I do. And the lion is known as the king of beasts and has courage. And I mean, he doesn't seem to back down from anything. No threat, no attack. And the roar, they say, some say that you can hear, depending, I suppose, on the environment, five to eight miles away when a lion roars, you can hear it. Just amazing. I loved watching, um, what is the one uh, with Aslan? Somebody help me. Yes, Narnia, thank you. And when he roars, it's like everything, you know, and all the symbolism and all of that. So, I mean, think of that lion roaring. Because, you know, somebody's going to reckon with it when that lion's roaring. Something's happening. It's a symbol of being uh, not afraid of anything. Strength and invincibility. It's just bold. The lion is just bold. The Bible mentions the word lion, check this out, 153 times in the Old Testament alone. 153 times. Proverbs 30, 30 says, the lion, king of the animals who won't turn aside for anything. Now, that's in the word. God is using this as an example. So with all of this history, he uses this animal to, to tell us, I, I really believe, how he wants us as his children to act in a world that seems to be gone astray. Proverbs 28.1 says this, The wicked run away when no one is chasing them, but the godly, turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. But the godly are as bold as what? As lions. Maybe, like all of us, we're like, you know, there's times I don't think I've been operating in the boldness I need to be operating in. 
the way that God wants me to. Maybe life is just kind of, and I'm, I'm, I'm again, I've said it the last few weeks, I'm talking to myself. But maybe you've just been, you know, fear has knocked at the door so many times, you are just saying, I'm tired. And you don't know where to start, or you've listened and heard it, and it just seems to be a never-ending battle. I almost feel like Paul Blart when I say this. Fun fact for you. Okay. <laughs> but Jesus didn't die and defeat all of hell just to have us quivering in the corner. He didn't do it just for us to walk around afraid, just to barely get by, or just be afraid to do anything, or to say his name, or, or any of that. He gave us dominion, and he gave us authority. But we have to operate in it. There was a story of a man that he said he had a dream, and he said he was standing in this circle, and Satan appeared in the circle. And, and it, it scared him because he wasn't the guy in the little red suit with the pitchfork and, you know, that kind of thing. wasn't that way. Uh, but he was just, you know, grotesque and ugly, and he was coming at him, and, and he was just like he, he was backing up and there was only so much room. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appeared. And, and man, the guy was like, yes, yes. And Jesus was just standing like this and he just started backing up. And the guy's like, Jesus, just, just go take care of it. Go take care of it. And the man could not back up anymore. And Jesus backed up until the last step, Jesus's foot stepped inside his foot, his other foot in his foot his hands went into his hands and then the enemy got real afraid and then they started walking forward and the enemy left we need to understand the picture of that because jesus is not afraid of the enemy but the authority has been passed to you to use in his name come on it has been given to us to be able to do what god has called us to do but to do it boldly by the power invested in christ he didn't go to the he's not going back it was one and done. He's not going to go through that again. He did that for you and for I. He gave all. So and this is what has to happen. For us to be bold, we got to show up. You must believe that God's going to do his part when you do yours. So many of us as believers sometimes are A-W-O-L, absent without leave. We just kind of check out. But our first point this morning is be bold in showing up. Just be bold in showing up. you got to show up. You can't collect the prize if you don't show up. How do you approach God? How do you go out with what he tells you? What's the assignment? How do you approach the battlefield? What's the plan? Hebrews 4.16 so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we, we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We need to understand for us to go forward, we have to get the assignment. What are you called to do? What are you going to God about? And what you're going to him about, does it have cause? Does it have rights or is it trespassing? I just talked to my wife this morning and we were talking about something. She said, that's illegal. 
Is what you're facing illegal? In other words, is the enemy coming onto your property illegally? You know, if you had a badge, you need to say, there's a new sheriff in town. Time to go. Give him the eviction notice. What is your assignment? Are you confident or are you shy and timid? Do you believe that God just arbitrarily says, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something for Dave. I'll do something for Roy. Ah, uh, Brett, he's kind of ornery. I'm not so sure. Maybe. Does he just do that? No, it goes by kingdom. It's by the laws that are set. By covenant. Are we expecting to receive? Are we just wishing and hoping? I hope that he hears me this time. Is that what the word says? Are we asking or are we begging? Do you know you belong or do you feel like I'm not even worthy? I got news. You know, we all need to understand none of us really here are worthy outside because of Jesus. Is that not true? What he did, because it's what he did. That's what makes us worthy. When God looks at us, he looks at the blood, what is covered by covenant through Christ. Some people say, well, what does it matter? Prayer's prayer, right? You can pray. You can say words all day long, but do you believe what you say? Are they just idle words? Because you're going to be accountable whether they're idle or whether they're not. Come on. So if we're going to say words, let's make them mean something. Let's say stuff that we actually believe. Do we believe what the word says? Do we believe what God, if we believe what God says, would we act different if we really believed it? Some of us need to show up. So if people are just saying, well, prayer is prayer, right? Not exactly. How we approach the throne of God will determine whether we take possession of what we need or what we, if we just walk away empty-handed. If we don't even believe, it's not going to work for me. It might work for them, or, but it's not working. It's not faith. Hebrews 4.16 tells us to come boldly so that we may obtain what we need. In other words, if I'm bold about it, I know the fact this is going to happen. I'm not trying to create a, is that a rouge? Is that a word? Okay, it is today. I'm not going to create a front and just try to act like something. I'm not, and this is one of those things I'm not trying to fake it till I make it. If I've got unbelief, I'm going to tell God, help my unbelief. And I, I get it, I mean, but I want to also say what the word says and just fall in line with that. Because how many knows your feelings will come in line eventually? If you base your walk on your feelings, whoo! Because how many have ever been in love? How many have ever thought you haven't been in love or you fell out of love again or never mind? <laughs> Boldness, I believe, is, um, is really a prerequisite to receiving because we believe it. If we receive it, we're bold enough to speak it. And we say, and see, fuel for boldness is faith. So where does a bold prayer come in? It's knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing who you are in Christ and his promises. What rights we have in our covenant relationship with him. That's why Pastor Kim could say, you know what, that's illegal. If there's something you're dealing with and the enemy's put it on you, it's illegal, then you need to be bold. Let me, let me give you another example. 
I love my family. I love my kids. This has never happened, and I, I believe it won't happen, but I'm going to give you a story, okay? Are you ready for a story? Yes, I am. Okay, good. So, <laughs> if someone were to try to get into my house, I would not run into the bedroom while the kids are in another room and get on my knees and say, Oh, Father, please don't let them go into the kids' room. How many men in here would be just like me and be like, Okay, God, help me throw them out of the house, through the window, somewhere. I don't care if they're going out of my house. You might say, that's not very spiritual. That's about spiritual as I can get, probably, in that. I'm just, because I'm going to protect. I'm going to be bold. You are trespassing. There's, there's a, a part where the enemy is going, you, you will be tested. Everybody in here has probably been tested, but the enemy is going to test your faith in one way or another of, of what, you are, what you really believe. Boldness. What does your covenant say? We have the right, according to the covenant, what Jesus did on the cross is to come freely into the throne room, into the presence of God, without condemnation, without insecurity, without the fear of not being heard, without the past hanging over your head, because the blood works still today, does it not? Ephesians 3.12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. There's other scripture we could go on and on. In him we live, we move, we have our being. I can do all things through Christ. Everything is through Christ. Fellowship with Christ is part of our covenant. It's part of our rights. That means Jesus paved the way. He built the bridge that stands between us and the throne room of God. He made it possible. Remember the veil was torn, if you remember, when he was on the cross. So we could get to the throne. So if we act unworthy, if we are like, I'm just not worthy, it is in a sense disrespecting what he did on the cross if you're a believer. Because he paid to get you there. Let me just say this, talking about houses. Do you go to your house and then you, do you just take your key out, unlock the door and walk in? You don't hesitate, you just go in. You don't question if it belongs to you, if the key works or can I go in or should I not go in? You don't go to the back door going, I hope I can go in my house. Because it's your house, you've already made that happen. You have faith to go in something that is provided for you. But see, this is what we end up doing. We don't connect the dots with what God is doing in our lives. Sometimes we, if we see it, we believe it. But really in faith, believing isn't seeing. Seeing is believing. I mean, let me switch that. I said it wrong. Let me get it back. It is, we have to, we believe, then we see. And that's what faith is about. It's about what does God say in his word? What could you do in his word? What has he promised you? What is coming against you? And again, we've talked about talking to the mountain instead of God about our mountain. Talk to the mountain about our God. We find out that, that God has provided so many things. 
So many things that we have just not even taken, uh, we just don't, we're oblivious to it or we just don't take the time. We live in a society that's pretty well lazy, don't we? Everything's remote control, everything. I'm not against remote control, but everything. How many used to work on your cars if you're a dude? Man, I used to, I, I put a transmission in a cutlass I had. Took the old one out, put a new one in. Now there's like 20 things you got to take off or I don't even have the tool to get to to get to what I need to. It's, it's just, you know, huh. But now there's remotes for everything. There's a remote for your fan. There's a remote for your radio. There's a remote for your TV. There's a remote probably for your toaster. Who knows? Back in the day, I was my father's remote. Brad, go turn the channel. Okay. And we didn't have your normal channel. That broken off a long time ago. We had a pair of pliers. And you get about three, four channels. And if you held your leg right and had your foil right, <laughs> you might be able to get something else. Then when our kids grew up, I remember when on our block... We got a color TV. That was big news. It was all black and white. Remember when we all watched the guy walk on the moon? Remember that? Remember when at one time, everybody in the world, at least on one coast, at the same time, that's when you got to watch Charlie Brown? The Great Pumpkin? The Wizard of Oz? It was all. That was the night we got popcorn and my sister and I had to split a pop. Now, you know, now you, you have the DVD that's on all the time. You can YouTube and watch any of that stuff anytime you want. But what's happening in our society is we just, we've gotten ourselves where we just, we want to be almost spoon-fed everything. And some of, some of walking with the kingdom, you need to know a big part of it is in your actions. Faith without works is dead. We're going to have to walk some of this stuff out. We're going to have to do it ourselves. Of course, the enemy is going to be at work to convince you that you can't go into the throne. You're not worthy. It's not yours. You don't belong here. You'll never fit in. He doesn't want you there. There's reasons for that. Because if you find out that he's trespassing and he's on your property illegally, you can throw him out. You have the authority to do that, to be bold enough to do that. When Jesus is abiding in you and you and him, you know he loves you. you. You don't have to worry about, man, I'm telling you what, I'm accepted. I love what Jesus says when he went to raise Lazarus. He, he, he talks to God and he says, Father, you hear me. You always hear me. I love that. That ministers to me because when I can talk to God, I, I, I'll quote that scripture. God, you hear me. You always hear me. Because I have to have confidence in knowing that what I'm bringing to the throne, I have rights to do that. And because I'm expectant and I have the rights, and according to the word, it's already done, then I see the results of that. When you know the greater one lives in you, there's no fear in love. God is love and perfect love casts out fear. So you know he's going to take care of you. And then that helps you be bold. Boldness isn't begging, pleading, wishing, or hoping. I'll tell you what boldness is. Boldness is knowing. Boldness is knowing. 1 John 3, 21, 22. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. 
And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. When you pray according to the word in faith and you have that confidence and you live in obedience to God's word, you're going to receive what you ask. Everything in the kingdom happens by confessing, believing in your heart, and do not doubting. That's how things work. Sowing and reaping, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. And see, the enemy puts that twist, and he doesn't want anybody to give. He doesn't want you to do this. Kim and I are constantly giving because that's how things work, seed time and harvest. And it doesn't mean large amounts. It doesn't always, I mean, it's just whatever the Lord tells you. Sometimes it's not even money. It's just time. It's investing. It's this. It's that. God has given you a standing invitation to come boldly and take possession of what you need. Sometimes it's hard because life just almost rocks us to sleep a little bit. But I start praying in the name of Jesus according to the word of God and expect to receive what I ask, not just once in a while, but every time. I said this the other day and I was quickly reminded of it. Don't you love it when you're quickly reminded of it by somebody that loves you? Faith works every time. And you've heard me say this. And again, I'm speaking to myself because sometimes we're like, well, it didn't work this time. Well, you know, there, there is the timing of God. So there are things that involve in that. I get it. But faith works every time. So if it didn't work and it was, you know, then there's God. If there is a disconnect, it's never, it's never the seed. It's never the word. It's never God. It's us. It's us. Whether it's unbelief or it's just, you know, uh, I just didn't get this. I didn't, you know, whatever that is, it's us. And if you ask the Lord, he'll show you, you can make it right. Jesus was bold about going to the cross. He was bold about being punished. He knew what was going to happen. That just amazes me. I mean, he he spoke about it. He knew it was from the cradle to the cross. He told his disciples, this is what's going to happen. And he knew he was going to die for our sins. He knew that. So I want to honor him. I don't want to waste my time standing outside of heaven's gate, so to speak. Let me, let me ask. You ever been to a, a, either a candy store or a donut shop and they're making everything fresh? There's, there's something about that smell. I don't know. It's just awesome. <laughs> and then when people go in, we went into a, a candy store in Petoskey, Michigan. I cannot think of the name of it, but it doesn't really matter. But it was a candy store. And I mean, and, and the candy there is like, you know, this top notch grade. And of course, you know, when you first see it, we're used to like, hey, give me a Snicker bar, which I think Snicker bars are great. But this candy is like, you know, this will be $15, $16 a pound or something. You know, you're like, okay. I mean, well, maybe not. Maybe that's just me because I'm used to getting 89 cents Snicker bar. <laughs> but anyway, it just smells amazing in there. And there are people in there and they're, and they're giving out, you know, they'll give out samples or you can try this or you can try that. I don't want to be stuck outside the store. If I am allowed to go in and God has provided me for something, have you ever been somewhere where it's provided, maybe you didn't catch it, and so you refused it because you didn't catch it? 
there was a story of a guy on a ship. And this is what he did. He had cheese and crackers every meal. And people would invite him to the, hey, come in, eat with us. And he said, no, 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 no. So he went the whole ship till they got to the, the end and they were getting off. And the people said, we'd have loved to got to know you better. You should have eaten with us. And he said, I didn't have the money for that. He said, all I had was the money for the cheese and crackers. And they said, all the food was included. He did not know. And he went the whole ship tour or whatever, cruise, however you want to say it, could have eaten all of that, but because he didn't know it was provided. Sometimes that's like us. God has provided for things, but we almost believe we are not good enough. I'm here to tell you this morning you're good enough because of Jesus Christ. Now, this isn't, again, I'm not preaching name it and claim it and blab it and grab it, and I'm not doing that. I'm just talking about living life to its fullest. I'm talking about being happy, having a fulfilled life, not having pressure so much on you, stress, but being able to just, you know what, love your life. Jesus is saying, you know, it's kind of like that, remember Motel 6? Come on, we'll leave the light on for you. This is what this is, like the door's always open. You can come in. But sometimes we just, we're afraid to ask. And that's the enemy trying to, is God not big enough to tell you it's not the right time? If you're asking for something that's completely out of timing, then guess what? He'll bring it to you in the right time. But you're allowed to ask. I would rather ask and get 50% of what I asked for than not ask and get 100%. Does that make sense? I think Joseph Meyer quoted that. But I'm just saying there's so many things that we could do for the kingdom. Have you ever noticed that miracles most often occur among people who are bold about God? Boldness and the miraculous are closely tied together. We're getting ready for miracle, miracle healing service. And, and uh, you know, just when we put those, those things together. And God has done so many crazy, amazing things that I'm just like, I didn't know he was going to do that. And I'm glad he didn't check with me first. God never, he doesn't, who's God going to check with? I mean, he does what he, he already says what he's going to do in the word. So it's already put out there. It's not like he's going to do anything that's not in the word. He's, he's always going to do the word. But when he's used me in, in miracles and stuff, he's never said, Brother, is this going to be okay with you? He just does it. You know, he's had me call out people, and he's told me their name, and he's told me what was wrong, and, and he waited, and, you know, and I finally, you know, I said it two or three times. I didn't know if anybody was going to come, and finally that person comes, and then God heals them, and the place goes bananas, you know, I was in a service, and he told me about some guy in his ear. His ear needed healed, and I called the guy out, and I told him what ear was. I told him what happened, and, and I didn't know what happened. Never met the guy before, but here he had a bomb go off when he was in one of the wars, and he's never heard out of the ear since. And he had his family there, and he came up. God healed him right there. Just reproduced a new ear. And the place went bananas. And then all of a sudden, instead of just one person being prayed for, there was about 25 people. Pray for me. Why? Because boldness. I'm bold enough, and so are you, to take God at his word. I believe that. Start praying for your children. Start anointing them with oil. Start taking communion over your family. Be bold. Boldness comes from knowing in your spirit. Don't, you can't really fake boldness. you got to know. You know, you might not know how he's going to do it, but you're just like, okay. 
God, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. It's just acting on his word. Now, I'm not talking about pride. I'm not talking about an ego trip. I'm talking about God getting the glory and God doing everything that God wants to do. It isn't pride or ego to believe in the favor of God. To believe in his supernatural protection. To believe in his provision. When, when uh, Pastor Kim and I, when we leave our house every time, we hold hands. Every time we plead the blood of Jesus over our house, we pray angels around it every time. And I mean, I, part of me wants to go, you don't? But we do. We just do. Why? Because our words mean something. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can come boldly to the throne and declare a thing and let God do what he does. When we stand on the boldness of the word of God, it's faith talking. I'm not bragging on myself. I want to brag on God. Look what God did. Look what God's doing. When we know he hears us, we are confident. The Bible says in Romans 12, too, I love this. Romans 12, it's not one of the scriptures, but if you look it up, this is what it says. It basically says that as we get with God... He'll change, he'll help us, and he'll help us change the way we think so that we will know that his perfect will for us. That's crazy cool. That's what, I mean, okay. If I'm on this end and I'm like, I am not sure, then I'm going to look at Romans 12 too. Now, I could quote it because I declare it almost every day, but I want you to look it up. I gave you part of it. But I'm just, let him start changing the way you think. And so that you will know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I know that God will help me when it comes to healing. I know that God will heal me. I know that God will help me pay bills. I know that God will take care of my kids. I'm not going to hesitate and be shy to pray for my kids. My kids have called me and said, hey, will you pray? Dad, will you agree? And so my wife and I, will agree. And yes, we'll agree. We'll believe God. We'll see it happen. We've seen God do amazing things. I'm telling you how it happened because we were bold enough to believe him. We set it into motion by our words and our faith. Confessing, believing, do not doubt. Boldness. So how do we get that? you got to spend time. There's no remote for that. There's no microwave for that. It's just spending time in the Word, meditating on it. And meditating, I have people tell me all the time, Brad, I don't know how to meditate. Do you know how to worry? I do. You, then you know how to meditate. Because that's what we do when we worry about stuff. Let's change that and start praying to that. Not to the worry, but to speak to whatever it is using the word and take that worry and put it into, just start taking our words and putting prayer on it. God, you've got this handled. I don't have to fear that because I just gave that to you. Folks, if we're going to pull up weeds, plant some flowers. I'm people, I, I can't help it. I think about that a bazillion times a day. Within a bazillion times, you better cast that to God because sooner or later... It isn't going to come back that way. Because if you keep giving it to God, pretty soon 
your faith will just say, it's going to stay. Do not meditate on worry. Meditate on the kingdom. Then boldness will begin to rise up and you'll start putting your feet on the grounds of faith and you'll start walking that way. So when you start putting your, your faith into, into action, how's that work? It's a process. <laughs> if sickness tries to come on your body, then you need to speak not to God about it. God already knows about it. You need to speak to the sickness about your God. Come on. You don't just believe, you act on it. And I, I'm, I'm walking, again, I'm talking to myself. I don't have all this like I know it, like everything, and I am the guru in that. I'm telling you, I'm still learning. Sometimes I, I think I got it down, I think I remember, and then, you know, I forget, just like you would forget. Why, what did I do last time to make that work? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, I've been entertainment for heaven. I think the Holy Spirit, the angels are like, look at him. <laughs> But it's just us walking things out. I speak to it. I command it to leave in Jesus' name. Do something. Whatever that mountain is in front of you, do something. Do anything. What's it look like to, to not have that pain? What was it like when you never had it before? What did you feel like when that? Feel like that again in your mind. What's that look like? What's it look like to have all your bills paid? What would that be like? Can you see that? You got to do something. I'm just telling you, Kim and I, if you can learn from anything we've done, that's why we tell you these stories. It's not because I'm just trying to be cute or funny. I'm just, these things really happen. We'd go to God. I mean, we were king and queen of whiner god and this is what god told us we're like we we want to save to go on vacation but we can't all our money's tied up and god said you don't even save a dollar and we said what he said you don't even save a dollar so we started saving a dollar, a dollar here, a dollar there. We started putting our hand to being like, okay, we designated a jar. Listen to what I'm telling you. It might be a story, but it works. And we started saving change. We started saving dollars when we broke them. And, we start, and you know what? Those change in that dollars paid for our cabin on our vacation. Because his word is true every time. He'll give you an action plan, but you have to do something. You have to start putting action with that. We started sowing to get out of debt. And he gets us out of debt. You, it just, things just start multiplying. We, again, seed time and harvest. You can go, I don't believe that. I have fruit. I'm just, it's just amazing when we follow God. One of the best ways to grow up and be strong in your faith is to begin laying hands on other people and not, not in a bad way. <laughs> Let me lay hands on you. Come here. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes just praying for other people because people will see what God is doing in your life and they'll want to know how did that happen. I mean, we were trying to figure out how to do a budget. 
Tom and Sandy showed us how to do that, I don't know, a bazillion years ago, it seems like. But it was Sandy, she was just like, she was so good at it. And they were, they had fruit. So she helped. And so then we figured all that stuff out, and then we tweaked what worked for us, and then we've had people that came to us and said, how did you do that? How did you get out of debt? How did you pay that off? We said, well, we'll help you set up on a budget. When my kids got married, I helped them, you know, here's a budget. I mean, it's, it's just part of, of mentoring or helping or, or people saying, I need some help. Some of my kids, you know, were like they had a pretty good clue on it. Others, it's not like they weren't clueless, but they said, hey, how did you do that? Could you show me? Well, I went to a church, you know, the one church, it was just, was totally oblivious to anything. So I set up a, a budget for the church on how this worked and how that, and pretty soon, I mean, they were in debt two or three loans and they, we got them out of debt. God did that. But he gave me, listen to what I'm telling you, he gave me the know-how to put it to work. If I didn't put it to work, it would not happen. Did you catch that? You see, what you're wanting in your life, if you don't put your hand to it, it will not happen. And you will go around this mountain over and over again. You have to start taking God's word in belief and saying, how do I make that work? That's why we live life on purpose. You want to be out of debt? How do we do that? God will help you get a plan. I remember somebody came to to Kim one time and said, I want to get out of debt and I keep using this card. I'll do all right and then I'll pull out this card. She said, let me have the card. They gave it to her. She put it in a Tupperware dish, filled the dish with water and put the card in there and stuck it in the freezer. He had this card in the freezer with a big old ice cube. He goes, that's not funny. She said, well, by the time you want to use this card, by the time that melts, it should pass. <laughs> I don't know if he ever took, but I thought it was a great idea because he said it can't, they'd cancel the card, he'd clip it up, he'd go get another one. So she just froze it. So that way it was still active. Anyway, um, but I thought that was pretty wise. On to another story. <laughs> but you've got to put your hand to it. You've got to put your hand to it. Now, you know this guy. Uh, you've heard of Jesse Duplantis. Jesse was ministering, and, and God spoke to him. He was, so he was ministering in the office of the prophet. And so I wrote the story down. So he cried out, there's somebody here who has a black scar right across his chest. And so sometimes you have to be bold and speak out a specific word. I know that God's done that before with us. But um, he said, it bothers you, and God wants to take that away. Come up here, and he'll do it. Nobody moved. Now, I was, in, I was pastoring in Pickerington, and we had, uh, matter of fact, it was, uh, they've been with us for years. They just moved to Carolinas. Bill Wyatt, his daughter, uh, I didn't know, and anyway, she had skin rash and called that out, and she came up, and, but it, she didn't come up right away. But anyway, the Lord took that rash completely away, did it right in front of our eyes. But, so this is what happened with Jesse. And nobody came, and he wouldn't give up. He kept calling out for that person, and finally the man came forward. And, and so Jesse gives the story. He said, these are things that I wouldn't normally do. Um, so I'm just telling you the story. So what he did was Jesse just, he just ripped the guy's shirt open. Not going to do that here, just so that you know, okay? 
And, and sure enough, there's this big scar there, and everybody there watched the scar just go away. You see, and then everybody was excited, and it, but it disappeared right then. But the, the Lord had directed him to do that. Now, God has not ever told me to, to rip any clothing or anything, but what I'm saying is the point was he was bold enough, and the man came up enough, and that's what God you know, did at the time. So sometimes just boldness makes it more exciting. The bolder you are, sometimes the more fun it is when God is just moving. It's just amazing. He says, just believe this and believe that and do this and do that. And then God manifests his wonderful glory. And when we hesitate, we're afraid of what people think, or we're afraid, or I can't do that. And, and we've all had that battle. And sometimes we just have to know, we have to be able, if we've spent time with God, to know when it's time to do something or time to not do something. So we have to make up our mind and talk about being bold. So we're acting on the word, and that's called faith. So the first one is showing up, and I'm going back because I don't remember saying the second one. Second one is being bold by obedience. James 1.22, don't just listen to God's word. You have to do what it says. So second is uh, being bold by obedience. And here's our third one and the last one for this morning. We have to be bold by using the word. It is written, resist the devil and he will flee. James 4.7. If you look at the verse in front of that or that verse as that whole verse says it, it submit to Christ, then resist the devil. That's the key. Again, everything through Christ. How does, that, how does the devil see you? That's the question. What does the enemy see when he looks at you? What does he see? Does he see somebody shy and timid that is just doesn't want to do anything because they might hurt somebody's feelings? Or does he see somebody that's saying where he's on illegal territory and he's trying to do things that you would stand up and say, not today, not today, not in this house, not in this place, not today. How does the devil see you? Is he... Does he see you as a warrior or does he see you as somebody that loves God but is just not really going to do anything? And I'm telling you, he, he can't take away your salvation, but if he can keep you in the corner and not doing anything, he's good with that because then you're not doing anything for the kingdom. But that answer depends, again, on you and me. If we study the children of Israel, their failure to get into the promised land it's found in these words. Look at Numbers 13, 33. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. The King James Version says, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. They, they saw themselves as somebody that, we're nobody. These guys are huge, we're, we're nobody. Perception. Folks, how do you perceive who you are in Christ. What does he, what, I mean, do you really believe if you lay hands on the sick, will they recover? Do you really believe that you can declare such a thing? Do you believe that God is faithful? You see, it's what you are in your own sight that really starts making the difference. How do you, how do you feel? I'm not being proud. I'm just saying, I don't want pride. I want humility in Christ. But in, in, you know, the Bible talks about in weakness, there's strength. When you're with God, he's going to take my battle. He's fighting my battle. We have to start seeing ourselves the way, like the story in the beginning where the guy's arms and feet got into Jesus and, and all of a sudden now they're, now they're going after the enemy. How do you see yourself? The enemy doesn't want you to find yourself where God has put you. 
You are a conquering son or daughter of Almighty God, equipped with the very power of God himself. And when that happens, the devil wants to steer clear of you. He'd rather do anything than come up against a man or woman of God that knows what the word says and will start proclaiming it, it is written. And start giving him, look, somebody who's going to be bold and courageous because the enemy is a coward. When Jesus came out of the grave, the enemy is one of the first to know it. He hates and shakes in fear at the sound of anybody mentioning the name of the one <laughs> who beat him. He does not like the name of Jesus, and he doesn't like those who are going to use that name and have faith to do it. Because you have to be strong in the Lord in your own sight. Because you know God is in you. The Bible tells a story of a guy named Shama who was a, more or less a pea farmer, had a small thing of grass, and the Philistines were coming over a small garden, and he finally said, that's it. I will defend this garden. They will not take it. Do you feel that way? Is it time for you to stand up and say, this is it. I'm not taking any more from the enemy. Turn the tables on the enemy and let him find out what it feels like to be a grasshopper for a change. I like that. Let him find out what it feels like. Jesus already defeated him anyway, and so if you're a believer, you have the authority over him. You can start declaring. You can tell him it is written. If he's on your property, you can kick him off. You've got the name and the blood of Jesus at your disposal. But you've got to be bold and take that authority. You've got to be bold over sickness and disease. Be bold over poverty. You've got to be bold over anything else going on in your life that doesn't line up with the word of God. Be bold. Speak up. We're in a society that just tolerate everything. There are some things you do not have to tolerate. You do not have to tolerate the enemy in your life and anything he brings. He shouldn't be in there. Don't tolerate it. Be bold. You might say, well, Brett, I'm the quietest, sweetest person in the whole world. You know, my wife is really, she's, she's more quiet and more, but when it comes to God, she's like a bulldog in a china shop. I'm telling you what, the enemy starts popping up around anywhere like that, and I mean, she's like... <laughs> I'm saying, she is going, and she will not back down. She, you know, she always tells me, you do not know the meaning of quit. And I, I probably don't. But we, walk, we work and walk well together because I don't think she knows it either. She's not going to be nice. She's not going to be quiet. She's going to point that pretty little finger right in his nose and say, uh, You're going to do it. He's an outlaw, he's a killer, and he's a thief. So be bold, stand against him, confront him, cast him out. Be bold to walk in the darkness and bring in the light because there's a lot of dark in this world and we need some lights walking around. So be bold to be one of the lights. Be bold to reach into the jaws of hell and bring out your precious loved ones that don't know Jesus. Be bold enough to go after them. Be bold enough to stand at your house and say, this is it. This is the house of God. Be bold enough to not let anything in your house that God wouldn't want in your house. Be bold to face all the things that God wants you to face and do it boldly with confidence that he hears you. 
I'm telling you, you know, we, it's no secret 2020 was a year from hell for me. I thought I got to go see Jesus. I was telling her goodbye. Telling her, tell the kids I love them, you know, and all that heart attack and all that. Wonderful. She was bold in the face of death. I'm sure the angel of death was there saying, I think it's time. And she's like, oh, no. Because if you ever see my wife when she's mad, she's animated. No. That's not happening. Tell you. She grabbed, she grabbed, we were holding hands, and she just started speaking out loud. She didn't care who heard her. I'm going to say that one more time. She didn't care who heard her because she knows who was listening. She didn't care about the people hearing her. She knew God was listening. Father, you hear me. You always hear me. Somebody, Paul is saying, can I find somebody fully persuaded? Somebody with boldness. Somebody that will stand up and say, this is the way I'm going to walk in it. She said today, God, I speak life to him. I rebuke a spirit of death. She was bold enough to do those things. And today, I'm preaching today because of the boldness of a loving wife. Start practicing and get bolder and bolder. Start telling the enemy, you can't come into the house. You can't come into the garden. You can't come into my body. You can't mess with my children. You can't mess with my money. You can't mess with my family. You can't mess with my job. You can't mess with my church. And start being bold. Rebuke him and tell him to get out in the name of Jesus. Put him in his place. And you know where that place is. It's out of your sight. Let Jesus take him and put him wherever he wants. Because that's what he'll do. When you're bold in approaching God, bold in acting on the word, bold about resisting the enemy. Bold as a lion. You don't have to live in fear or even shy away again. Just gird yourself up with boldness. Man, there's some areas. I'm going to have the team come back. As, are you guys coming back today, by the way? Yes, all right, just want to check. As we close this thing out. But I mean, maybe there's some stuff you're saying, you know what? I gotta be bolder here. Sometimes we, we fall into the same thing again because we've not been bold enough. It's not that we don't wanna resist the enemy, we just need to be bold. We just need to make a stand. Sometimes it's, it's more abrupt. I'm just not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not having that. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If that's you this morning.